he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hey, kiddos, and welcome to another episode of Bolotify, the one and only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here as I am every week with the one and only Alex Apostolidis and somebody very special. It's very, very special. Super excited because I love this. I love this person. Our guest today is an incredible performer, costume designer, entrepreneur. Whether she's wearing one of her beautifully designed and handmade gowns, and I mean, folks, they are incredible, or wowing a crowd as a center covered head to toe in her own design. And I have the pleasure of working with her in that costume. That this this woman, she commands the stage with her presence. For the past three years, she's dazzled the main stage of San Diego Pride with her true colors review. That includes 50 plus dancers and queens produced and dressed impeccably, I might add, by her. And on top of all that, she's part owner, full-time operator of Inside Out, a casual, elegant restaurant and lounge with a main dining room that leads to an open-air atrium. So please, please, please welcome the legendary divine diva, Paris Sukomi Max. Studio applause. Studio applause. Hi, everybody. Wow. That was an intro. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, (laughs) to be quite honest with you, Paris, I I know I I don't um, I don't fawn over you, but I have to tell you that (laughs) you are so impressive. And and every time I see you, not only do you look gorgeous, impeccably dressed, as Alex said, but you're just so cordial and hospitable and uh, friendly and warm. And you're such, mm-hmm. you're a role model and that's, yeah. and you act like a role model. And I really, really <laughs> yes. that. thank you. Yes, I agree. I ha- I agree 100%. I was so impressed working with you on, ev- on the first event in particular, how respectfully and kindly you treated every single person, even if they weren't even remotely involved with the event, you know, from the valet to a person who works at the hotel passing by, just you look people in the eye, you treat them like people and kindly and respectfully. And just, I don't know, there's just this positive aura that just oozes out of you. I think um, when you've been an entertainer for a good amount of time you learn very quickly that you there there's a stigma that happens when somebody sees a diva and i kind of wanted to make sure that that's not how people interact with me or engage with me i don't want them to feel like they can't say hi i don't want them to feel like they can't you know do a joke with me or say something fun i want everyone to feel as comfortable for me but also that helps me during events <laughs> 
is that if everybody's like in a good headspace and a good mind space, then it kind of helps me do my job even uh, smoother. So I, I try my best um, from the time I get out of my car to the time I get back into my car that everybody that I encounter has a good interaction with me. I've worked with these so many times, Alex. Like, um, I like I just thought about it today when I was, um, when this interview was brought up, I was like, oh, like literally me and Alex, like the most random stuff too, like the Hyatt Manchester Grand yes. Centaur for a party. And it was, you know, the most elegant party in the world. And then you have me in a bra and a centaur costume strolling around. <laughs> Looking <laughs> and gorgeous. And, and they little, loved yeah, you. I'll take, I'll take that. Yeah. They loved gorgeous. you. But they, but it was just so like, I'm like, oh my gosh, the adventures of Paris and Alex, I'm telling you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we need to do something we with that. I like that. I think our next event together, we should film it like from start to finish <laughs> so that everybody kind yes. of sees like the background part of it because you know, as fun as it is on the floor, there's so much more interesting stuff that actually happens in the background that everybody gets to miss out on. I always wish, like, can we sell tickets to the dressing room? Like right, right, <laughs> right. No, that's an excellent point. It it's really is. Point. Showing people the, the transition and, and the transformation. Mm -hmm. The transformation is yeah. a big one. But also just the small details, you know, just the timing cues and somebody coming in, hey, guys, we're looking at 10 minutes um till we're on the floor so that means five minutes and we're moving you know like just our different verbiage that we all use um in the entertainment industry that people just really don't know about you know they mm -hmm. see you walking through the doors and that's about it but you don't see all the fun stuff in the back no and where i you know every so often will go to the side and sneak in my little shot to make sure <laughs> that we get on the floor and have a good time so um I, I wanted to ask you about being on stage and because yeah. you are now headlining all of the prides mm -hmm. in Southern California. A lot of them. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful to see how um, you sort of feel like the anointed representative of pride. I, I think way? so. I, I don't know how that, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, I've, I've worked with pride for since I started doing drag. I've been doing drag for 13 years now. Um, and they were always, San Diego Pride particularly, has always been really good about featuring and highlighting local entertainment, which is a very, very big difference from a lot of different prides that I've been to, because a lot of times they will go to the queens who, rightfully so, they just have a lot more of a pull um, because they've been on television or they've, you know, they're singers and they have recording contracts and all that. So when it came to San Diego Pride, they were like, no, we want, you know, it's San Diego's pride. So we want to make sure to highlight um, our San Diego entertainers. And at the time, they wanted it to be, the, the show in particular that I got involved with when I first started with them was, the goal was to make it family friendly. So they go to me for that <laughs> because, you know, I'm not really the, you know, I love my right. girls. I think all of us have a style to what we do. It's just not particularly my style to be risque. I'm, I've never really thought of myself as sexy. Like, I'm not a sexy entertainer. I mean, you know, we can do pop music and all that stuff, but it's not my go-to to do, you know, sexy or risque. I don't curse. So I think that they got, they got with me 
in the beginning for that reason. And then they realized that year one was the feedback on it audience wise was really, really crazy. Mm -hmm. And then even for me, I, I looked at it and I was like, holy moly, like that was nuts. Like, mm -hmm. but the feedback was so great considering that a lot of the audience there didn't particularly, you know, didn't know me prior to that. Right. They probably knew that I was an entertainer from San Diego and I do a lot of stuff, but they probably aren't going to the clubs and the, and the right. places that I right. usually perform in. Right. So right. Completely. Seeing that reaction that. kind of made it like, okay, actually this is going to work. And then, so for the first seven years, I did a 20 minute show on stage with just myself and 10 backup dancers. So that 20 minutes was 12 minutes of an opening number. And then I do a two minute monologue. Wow. And I um, go to the side and change, and change while my dancers dance um, about two minutes. Oh no, like a minute. And then I go back on for the rest of it. And I literally, okay, our pride is Gosh. in July. I was wearing <laughs> every year for seven years. Okay. For seven years, every year, I was wearing at least, you know, on some years, four costumes on top of each other sure so that I could just rip it up take it off and then go to my next right. you know oh my it god was crazy and then eventually they were like you know let's go bigger and I was like I don't even know how to do that and they were like can you do an hour and I was like not by myself I'm like that'll kill me and then I was like how about this like you let me grab a couple of my sisters and we'll put on a show like we'll do a show mm -hmm. and that first year that we did the true colors review with um, for other queens from San Diego kind of changed everything around for my San Diego pride go-to you know like my usual I'm like no this is how we're going to do it now it feels mm -hmm. right I think these queens work so hard in the community all year long raising money doing all the different fundraisers that we do throughout the year you know when anything goes down in a gay community who does everybody turn to drag queens mm -hmm. so I'm like these are the girls that should be highlighted mm -hmm. so and in sure. and in the elevated way that you are highlighting them and yeah you know, you, you know you, in a full production like we yes do, we do the dancers we rent out that dance studio um twice a week and we do those rehearsals for three months prior we do the opening number and the closing number you know um they the girls get the full treatment I think that I think all entertainers should get that, you know, we write down their lighting cues and their and their fog cues and special, you know, we give them the effects and the production. And it's really, really nice to be able to do that for my sisters because I see it in them, you know, the energy that they have when they do these shows is so mind boggling. And there has not been a true colors review that by the end of our last number that we're all in the back hugging and crying like right you know because we're just so like wow that felt so great the energy was beautiful but also like being able to you know have that experience is epic so and as a performer who uh is not blue and who doesn't <laughs> curse and and, <laughs> and spew expletives i that's part of the crossover you know allure that you have so i wonder how you feel about what's going on in the world today with regard to the uh, stigma that's been I placed think, on trans artists and so well, i i speak at a lot of colleges and I go to different talks for gender studies and all that as a trans person, but a lot of 
that the conversation in that is also locked with me being in entertainment. So I try to I try to explain to people that you know when people see drag queens and say that's inappropriate for children or um, that's not that's not a good you know ooh, sorry that's not the exposure that we want for our kids and all you know whatever they say they say so whatever like right. crazy things um i try to tell them i'm like you know it's situational the way we entertain you know mm -hmm. do it for the audience that you have so even for i i don't like being the one that's considered for for children just because i'm a little bit more appropriate um but i'm like it's situational i know that the you know any queen across the board when you're in a situation that you know the show producer says this one is a family friendly show no queen is going to go out there and do you know those kind of numbers that are the vagina 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 numbers and right crazy you know the crazier stuff no nope, know your no audience do that. right i know don't your care audience. what anybody says as queens, we know how to taper ourselves to our situation. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're going to go and do that in a nightclub, it's for an adult audience. So go for it, you know, like it's, it shouldn't be a thing. But to say that, that we aren't able, like we shouldn't have this, you know, younger audience because of this, this and this, I'm like, no, that's not right. Because we can always change that around. And I think the more exposure that kids have, the better you know that's such a cliche thing to say but it really is just that simple like it really is that simple i think my nieces and nephews i come from a very large family but my nieces and nephews are literally the most well-rounded children you will ever meet in your life and i think it's because they have me as their aunt and understand and have learned about so many different things and different walks of life and they've been exposed to it and they're like the most empathetic kind people that you'll ever meet mm, i and, love that um, you know, like we got to teach them young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't only, you don't only speak at colleges and high schools about this. You also speak at city hall and the sheriff's yeah. department and the health department. Um, and... So those ones though are more um, fact-based uh, uh, educational. So mm -hmm. that one's more on um, legalities and, you know, trans, you know, what we do have as rights as queer people and as trans people um how better you know we can they can treat the trans community and the queer community how they can respect pronouns and for those that um aren't able to really respect the pronouns how they can better maneuver their beliefs so that they're still holding people um with dignity and respect so that's a little different than when i go to colleges when i go to colleges i speak more about my life um experiences and I speak more on my gender identity, but more as a human rather than as an educator. So that's a little bit different. Well, they're one and the same though. <laughs> you're human and you're an educator. Right. And with that, tell me about um, Hey Auntie Paris. Is that still alive and well? Yeah, I still do that. So um, I, I work with a lot of youth programs for queer children. Um, so when I came out of the closet, I came out very young. I came out as a gay person, as a gay man or a gay boy um, at 11 years old. Um, my lovely mom did not know what to do with that information. 
So, you know, as cute as she is, all but four foot nothing, walked into <laughs> the center here in San Diego in Hillcrest and asked for help. And so <sighs> I was a child that was raised at the center. I went to those youth programs. I wow. was with those counseling groups. I was with that um, support group twice a week, you know, twice a week. So it was kind of my go-to as an adult to, you know, go back into that, um, use what I've learned from them and expand on that. So I go with a lot of youth programs. What, what I didn't have when I was younger though, was somebody to go to um, outside of my parents what you know as for certain questions and for and mind you I ask for permission from parents and I I always tell them if it's something that's life-threatening I will all of of course like notify you and let you know but sometimes there are certain things that a teenager is unable to approach the parents with so I I started my it, it just started as an email I'm like here kids like, here's my email, heyantiparis at gmail.com. And I'm like, if you have any questions or if you have, if you just want to vent, um, write to me and I will listen and I will respond. And so I've done that. Um, that's about eight years now that I've had nice. that email. Beautiful. Um, it really is. Yeah. I've got no, goosebumps. I've literally had uh-huh. goosebumps, Paris. Seriously. Yeah, it's nice. Um, it gets heavy. Um, it gets very heavy. But I think, I think I really needed that as a kid. So I think it's a it's a good outlet for some of these kids that you know sometimes they when when they they are with me at a group session or like you know a support group I know sometimes they want to tell me something even if we go to the side you know on our own I know sometimes they want to tell me something but they can't so sometimes it's easier for them to type it down and send an email mm-hmm. so it's always nicer that way I mean also you know even like the questions like I wish I had a better education as a, as a youth person about sex. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, the, the extent of my sex education was for um, straight people, to be honest, like that's how I was thought about sex, but that's not how we engage. And that's how, that's not how we make love. So I wish I had a little bit more of a guidance to, you know, a queer version, a queer version of sex education. A real, um, a real, a real, version. Yeah, yeah, a real, yeah version of it because you know I think it would have made my my um my personal life my sex life as an adult a little bit more um smoother and clearer for me where it was enjoyable and it was you know within my my control and my my permission and my means you know like what I wanted so I tell you know I always tell them I'm like if you're going to ask a adult, more adult question, make sure that, you know, we run this by your parents first. I just want to make sure that's clear to everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't just go talking to children about sex. I'm like, we got permission, mm-hmm. but you know, we got to make sure that we do it correctly so that, you know, it's easier for and healthy and healthier. And healthier, <laughs> and healthier. Right. You yeah. know, what's really, really cool about this as a parent, number one, you providing this outlet for the kids, but also you providing the support for the parents, allowing them to say, hey, I need help. Hey, I need somebody who can uh, uh, communicate and associate and bond with a person on a level that I can't. And it's really lovely that they have that and that they allow you to do that. They trust, they trust you. That was one of the, the things that I've applauded. You know, I have a lot of kids. 
I have a lot of kids. And I've always applauded the parent because the parent is so uncomfortable with the situation that they're in, whether they want to, you know, of course they're, you know, being accepting and they're taking the right steps and all this stuff, but these parents are still uncomfortable with the situation that they're in. They're not, they weren't ready for this. They weren't, you know, as much as you want to say, like, I will love my child no matter what they are. And there's still a lot of parts of this, you know, of this life that, that parents are going to be uncomfortable with, like, but I applaud them that they're taking the step for it, that they are like stepping out of their comfort zone and, and saying like, hey, Paris, here's my situation. We want to talk, you know, we really want to get through this. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's figure this out. I'm like, to what extent are you comfortable with, you know, what I talk about? And they're like, you know, just, you know, like just health. And, and I'm like, okay, okay, all good. Like, well, we'll, I will stay within those parameters and we will have this conversation. You know, that first year that I had this email, though, I only had this email for the kids. Okay, I only had it for all the kids that I had. And then eventually I started getting like a lot of the parents emailing me Mm. on it. And I was like, okay, this is getting nuts. And then eventually I did open it up to all the parents that, you know, like if they do have questions, like, please go to me, like we can talk to through this together we can all cc together together even like if you want to cc your kid along with that email feel free to but it's nice that it can be used for both um experiences because i wish that my mom had this too when i was growing Mm -hmm. up i can only imagine my mom's an extremely shy person and a very um you know she's she's an immigrant from the philippines and she you know was over overly conscious about her accent you know when she speaks English so Mm -hmm. she's a very shy person I I have thanked her and thanked her again that because I couldn't imagine that first time that she went to the center you know that I I keep on like imagining it to myself um that Mm -hmm. this little lady you know found directions um and then you know she found parking. I know my mom well enough to know that she sat in that car for like a good, oh gosh, I'm gonna start tearing up. Yeah, I'm already. (laughs) She's gonna sit in that car for a good five minutes to calm herself down so that she's not anxious. And then, you know, she walked in there and went to the front desk and said, hey, you know, this is my situation. I need help. So I think- a strong woman. Yeah, Yeah. I keep on thanking her for that. I'm like, I can't imagine how scared she was. So I wish that my mom had, you know, this opportunity to have a little bit more support. That's love at its core. Oh yeah. my Lord. I yes. Mean, that is, is a loving mommy. I mean, that yeah. is the best. <laughs> right. Uh, Say, you guys got me crying. Jeez. I know. <laughs> Change the We're Barbara Walters. I did, I did read on, on Reddit that, uh, you were named as a as an RPDR worthy queen. Ah, Did you know that? Which yeah. is a RuPaul Drag Race worthy queen. You were yeah. named as one on Reddit. Uh, uh, do you aspire to that? Um. Okay, I'm gonna try to make this as you know. Give us it. Give it to us. Yeah. Okay. So they are lovely enough to ask. Um, there are queens on that that have been on that show that have literally never auditioned. And I was one of those queens that were lucky enough um, in the beginning, you know, in the within the first five years of it that they had asked every year, like, you know, would you like to be on the show? 
do this, 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 and this. I did it for the, for season two. I did an open audition with them. Mind you, knowing already that I had gotten um, the part, like to, you know, I'd gotten casted. <laughs> a couple of um, processes through it, um, I could not go through with the show because of contract stuff that I had. Um, because at the time it was an absolute sponsored event. So it's an alcoholic company. I had contracts that were existing with another alcohol company and that is absolutely not allowed. Even for like the prides that I got to go to, like they were like, nope, you can't do um, that stage because that's a Bud Light sponsored stage. Right. And you are working for this. I don't want to name the company because you right. know, I don't want to- No need to, conflict of interest. <laughs> but right. um, so I had, um, I had said no to the show and I was like, oh, well, maybe when my contract's and I'll revisit it. I wasn't in a rush to get on it or anything like that. So I was kind of just okay with like, oh, okay, we'll chill out, we'll chill out. And then I went and auditioned again and, you know, went a couple of processes in and the next year, this was season three. And then my, the whole thing was still absolute. So I was like, okay, whatever. Cause at the time, like they'll let you know, like, like you can audition so far and then if it if it fits it fits because they choose like 30 queens up until when they're you know up until when filming happens there's 30 girls on that roster and then they'll choose the final 15 like you know a week or two before and then that's when you get sent out to go try and pull all these outfits together out of nowhere within two weeks. <sighs> crazy um and then after that, it kind of was a blessing in disguise because I love, here's the thing. I want to make it very clear. I love the show. I watch it. I enjoy it. I don't think I could see myself on that show now. Like, I don't think I could, I don't think it's a fit for myself now. And also, I don't think I would make good TV. <laughs> I'm one of those people that I'm like, if somebody doesn't like me, I'm like, okay like right let's really move dramatic. on right. i'm not really dramatic i'm like okay if you don't like me do you still want to do a shot like we can right. still do a shot even though you don't like me like that's fine uh, also i'm just not really a confrontational person it's just not mm -hmm. in me but also you know speaking with a lot of my girlfriends who have been on the show i have so many girlfriends that i share dressing rooms with on the show and they knew about my process of you know almost being on the show and all this stuff they knew of it and they're like, yeah, girl, they literally have you sit there and they ask you, what do you think of this queen? What do you think of this queen? What do you think of this queen? All to see if you will say, you know, bad, bad things, catty, right? bad things or catty things about them. And I was like, I, you know, I think that would break my mom and dad's heart if they saw me being that way. I don't want them to, you know, because that's one of the few things they keep on telling me is, you know, hold yourself with dignity and respect and, you know, treat people with kindness and that's one of their if that's one of their few expectations of me i'm like i'm gonna respect it so mm -hmm. you know i think it was a blessing in disguise eventually i love the show though i still i still watch it and you know a, a lot of the girls that have been on it recently are girls that i've traveled with or shared addressing them with and got to hang out with and i love hearing all the behind the scenes parts of it so yeah. i'm gonna tell you when i ever i watch reality competition shows mm -hmm. that is always the element that bothers me the most when these poor artists are are kind of forced to throw mm -hmm. other people under the bus to try to elevate their own mm -hmm. and i you can see when people are really uncomfortable and that's something that i I've, I've really come to notice about you uh and a lot through social media mm -hmm. is truly 
with such dignity how you can you conduct yourself and how kind and respectful you are to other people, other artists. Yeah. I mean, I understand, like, I'm not a silly person that I understand that, you know, it is for entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, reality TV is for entertainment. So, you know, that's, you know, they need that juicy stuff. I mean, to be honest, a good amount of those challenges aren't, doesn't have anything to do with being a drag entertainer. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are kind of to make you be silly and be stupid and, you know, be entertaining but it has nothing to do with being a drag entertainer. So it's kind of like, I get it, but do I want to be a part of it? Right. I'm okay. Like all good. You know, I mean, the, the Queens that have been on that show who have carried themselves with the absolute, you know, like as, and, and have become known as the nice Queens and all that still did have to do a lot of catty things. <laughs> so I'm like, mm, I'm okay. <laughs> right. Right. I, I do say, though, I, I kind of prefer the mandatory cattiness over just the bitchiness that sometimes yeah. oh my you know, floats yes. up to the top. Yeah, because yeah. you can tell. Mm-hmm. Like, you can always tell. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's the girl. Okay. <laughs> there, there, there she is. <laughs> there she goes. I'm like, buckle that's up, so girl. funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I think about you when I see you is what incredible energy because you're everywhere all the time, always looking fabulous. So I have to ask you, is there a secret time-saving technique you can share with Velotified that helps you cope (laughs) and tackle, get things done? The way this all landed is because when restaurant stuff happened like when you know to have a more professional career happen I wanted I wanted to make sure that I didn't have to sacrifice one thing for the other I still wanted to be able to do my entertainment I still wanted to be able to do my advocacy like my speaking engagements I still wanted to make sure that I was still doing my programs my different you know I didn't want anything to fall out because I happened to want to get steps closer to my dream which is my absolute dream is to you know own a nightclub um and own bars and stuff so you know that's that's our big picture but i didn't want to sacrifice one for the other so i had to make sure that okay if we're gonna make this work let's lay it out and see like first lay it out all in front of you i really did lay it out on paper in front of me this is what we do this is you know this is what we want to do this is what we want to do this is what we want to do we want to be able to do this every so often we want to still be able to do this every so often so that's okay and then once i laid it out um i just kept a strict schedule about it um a really really strict and you know for someone like myself that i'm not good with schedules like i'm really not at least for myself i'm good at scheduling like you know dance rehearsals and and scheduling servers and hosts at the restaurant but um for myself i kind of let that slip sometimes but i had to be really strict with it this time that i'm like okay if we're gonna still be able to perform at lips we have to make sure that we have this aligned so that you can step out of the restaurant and this is going to happen here so that we're good okay cool we're due and then if we still want to be able to do you know hotel dell for balada for 
um, for the pride show. Okay, cool. We just have to make sure that we do this and line this up with, you know, so you just have to really lay it out. And I had to be honest with myself and learn to say no. And as much as I want to do this, you know, this gig, as much as I want to do this gig in Washington, DC or in New York, sometimes we have to say no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's so great about that story is you, um, you focused on what it is you wanted to do and you made it happen and you just, you also made a change in your own uh, habits to yeah. accommodate what it is you wanted to do, proving that it's the fool who does the same thing and expects <laughs> a different outcome. You know, mm -hmm. you actually internalized and said, what do I need to do differently to achieve that? That's, that's it a was question. One of those, like, how much do we really want this? You know, and if we really want the the end game, the big picture, the big shebang with having a bar and nightclub and all that stuff, you know, what are the steps that we need to do to get there? Okay, these are the steps. Got it. Okay. So it was really being a realist about the situation and, and saying like, okay, like if we're really going to do this, we have to do this right. Like we're going to do it correct. How do you do everything you do and i and i thank you for all the scheduling all of that but do you have or how do you maintain a proper life work balance do you is there is there a clear delineation between the two for you so there there for a good two years uh three years there was no balance and it was very unhealthy like very very unhealthy but also at the time I knew exactly what I was doing that, and I knew exactly that there was no balance. And I knew that we were just going with it. And then I think a couple of things happened with my family and just between my, like, you know, my, like I had a cousin that passed away and then I had my niece who was having her debutante, which is in the Filipino community, like a version of a quinceanera, mm -hmm. but for us it's 18. And I was really, really, really spreading myself very thin. And we had to, we had to do the, okay, girl, we are gonna, we're gonna burst anytime now. Like we're getting really close and we're getting into dangerous territory here. So it had to be, it had to be said, and it had to be like, okay, we have to, we have to fix this now with balancing is this is your day off. You are not going to the sewing machine. You, like this is your day off. You are not gonna go and do a rehearsal on your day off. Mm -hmm. This is your day off. You are not going to, you know, prep your music for your show, you know, tomorrow. Your day off today is gonna be, you're gonna call your girlfriends and catch up. You're going to call your mom and see if she wants to go shopping so that she can buy stuff for you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works? Oh, honey. Oh, honey. I'm, I'm mom and daddy's little princess. I'm the youngest. Love it. Like, <laughs> they still, I'm the youngest. They still, they still <laughs> like to feel so their, their version of still feeling involved in my life is our, I you know, love it. a little bit here and there. I so, love it. You know, like, but doing the stuff that um, making sure and, and intentionally, and I'm going to 
really, really hold that word right there. Mm -hmm. Intentionally do the things that you should be doing on your day off. You know, I get it. Like as workers, I know like you, I know the both of you guys, I know that when it's our day off, we want to go and do stuff and be productive and do this and do that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Today, we're going to sit our on our couch. We're going to order really non-appropriate food you know, for <laughs> for the look that we want to go for and we're going to sit here and we're going to watch hocus pocus and we're going to sit here and we're going to watch cinderella with whitney and brandy you know like we're going to sit here and enjoy uh, do the things that we enjoy and that kind of gives us that nostalgia and that feeds our little inner child and we can be a little silly and we can laugh a little bit so what's your trick for turning your brain off your work the work part of your brain because i know i'm not good at that so no, what's your trick for one. it there isn't. there isn't one while I sit there and while I do watch those that Cinderella and I see Whitney Houston in that gorgeous gown and I'm like hmm I should take my Whitney Houston costume for that Cinderella number impossible and I should probably add a lot more mirrors to it <laughs> maybe yeah. okay we're gonna read and then I catch myself reaching for my phone to go look up um how I can order and I'm like nope that was totally against the point of what we're doing right now you're gonna do that tomorrow I'm like no but you catch yourself and then you say no and yeah you're just sitting there and yes you can go and search that but that's the side of the point uh, beside the point of what we're trying to do right now mm -hmm. we're trying to recenter you know so get off your phone so as somebody who is non-confrontational how do you lead a group of dancers in a stage production or a group of waiters you know at at your restaurant mm -hmm. how, I've never needed to be confrontational though. I think I think when you I think when you present yourself in the way that you would like to be treated, people will treat you that way without having without you having to tell them. I've never had to walk into a dressing room or uh, a gig and I've never had to walk in and demand for respect, attention or you know to be treated a certain way. Everybody's usually been very accommodating to me but they see that I treat them with the same respect and the same dignity. Right. So, so they do want to do that for me. I think now more than ever, I've learned how, I've seen how protective my, you know, my staff at the restaurant is of me. They always worry, you know, they are the first ones to worry about me. And I love that. And I think that's so awesome. But even for our dancers, like for, for pride and for for the different gigs that we do they know that i will show up before call time so a lot of times they will show up early as well they know that i don't raise my voice so they always listen like you know um it's a weird thing but i've always thought that people who raise their voice like is actually doing the exact opposite of what they're trying to do is which is have people listen me speaking in a calm tone in a lower volume i feel like pulls people in more so that they listen they do listen you know and without having to to make it a situation that it doesn't need to be we're all here to have you know a good outcome if it's in the restaurant world we're all here to make money that at end of the day, we're all here to make money. If it's in the entertainment world, end of the day, we're here to make money and we're here to entertain and we're here to do our art. So if we're all here for the same goals, 
you know, why not have a good time doing it? I think there's also something to be said for the inclusiveness with which you approach everyone mm -hmm. and the accessibility. I, I want to say in a, in a good way, it's, it's back in vogue. People are so tired of the BS yeah. and the fakeness and the, you know, they just want to know somebody is real and authentic and I, that's you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I, I went into, to, you know, when I first started doing drag, it was still very like um, the diva queen attitude, you know, the grandeur and the, and the, the bigness of it all. Um, and mind you, this was prior to Drag Race and all that stuff. So, but there was such a diva thing to it. And I was like, oh, like, can't we just be back here doing our job? Like, <laughs> it was weird. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be that. I never want to be that. And then I also right. would hear a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of queens talk about those diva queens. And I was like, I would never want to leave a room and have that conversation about me. <laughs> that would be so horrible. Oh, my goodness. And then eventually I kind of like for the shows that I started doing, like where I was the show hostess or or the booking person or the, the show director for it or the show producer, I started telling the girls that the diva queen attitude is like once you step into the venue, you put that away. You're not doing that here. I'm like, if you want to get booked again, you are going to greet that security guard with kindness, you are going to do whatever that security guard asks you. If that security guard asks you for your ID, you're going to reach in your purse and you're going to pull out your ID. Like, just because you're entertaining tonight, it doesn't mean that they still don't have to do their job. You know, when that bartender, that nice bartender gives you that drink that you don't have to pay for because you're in the cast tonight, you're going to say thank you to that bartender. And at the end of the night, you're going to tip that bartender. And you're going to, because they gave you something for free to in order for you to do a, a fabulous show. So, Diva attitude, no go. And I've held on to that very strictly. And I have not booked girls just because of that. And I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't want to share a dressing room with somebody like that. Yes. The dressing room that I'm in, that I have been in for a good eight years now, I can consistently say and confidently say is the most lovely dressing rooms ever. Like I am, we are there to zip each other up and give each other the, the pep talk that we need because you are, you know, that queen is trying out that number for the first time and she's nervous about it. We are there to cheer each other on. Mm -hmm. We are there to, who, when the queen gets backstage again after her number and we're like, girl, those people are eating you up tonight. It is loud. We can hear it. It's that, you know, we are here to cheer each other on. That's the kind of dressing room I'm going to be in. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have that stressful dressing room where everybody's walking on eggshells around each other right. because this queen happens to feel grandeur and you know she has her delusions of grandeur that that she has to act a certain way in order to be right seen as right. Certain thing, you know exactly for, yeah. for for us it's a uh it's a sig it's a a signal that there isn't much talent because mm -hmm. it's yeah. there's just too much oh other and you know jeff bezos is the one who said your brand is what people say about you when you leave the room uh -huh. so what to you said earlier you know you don't want that to be your brand you know the, the, oh. the two-faced right but also i don't want that i don't want that energy around me period like i know you know as human beings i think that we're all capable of being bad 
okay? We are all capable of it. I think the good part about humanity though, is that we're capable of catching ourselves and being and choosing a different path, okay? Like as opposed to, you know, being sassy or being, being catty and being thing, I'm like, no. Has those thoughts ever come in my head where I'm judging a queen? Absolutely. Okay. That's just human nature. You're human. It, yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. But instead, have I caught myself thinking that and being that way? And I'm like, Ugh, why are we being like that? So let me turn that around and I'm going to be like, let's say something and help this queen out. Be like, hey, babe, you have holes on your tights. I have an extra pair. Take it. You know? Like, let's turn it around. Instead of me judging this girl for being like, oh my God, this queen walked into work with hose on her tights and she's going to go on that stage. Right. You know, that's so unprofessional. Instead of being judgy about it, you can just be helpful about the situation and be like, okay, girl, real quick, I have some extra pairs right here. I always have extra. If ever you're in a bind, let me know. I always have it in my, I always have it in my bag. Da, da, da. Here you go. I'm like, honey your bra is black and it's showing behind your dress. I, you know what I do? I always take these nude stretchy fabrics and I always just have it in my bag because you can just wrap your bra with it. Here, take this one for your number and I'll wrap it for you. And then we do our thing. But instead of me looking at them and being like, oh, how could you go out on stage with your black bra right. and wearing a purple gown? Like that's so, you know, Right. Well, you know, yeah, one of the things around. we learn in theater is, and I, I've actually gone into classrooms and taught this, I created a workshop around it, huh? uh, is that you're only as good as the weakest link. So really if so. you tear okay. somebody down, then you're tearing yourself yeah. down. And when they can, they're going to turn around and tear you down. And you've just destroyed their confidence, making them even weaker. Yeah. And I, I knew, I know a queen that I've, I've worked with for a long time and she is one of those queens that she wants to be the best one at that show so her booking reflects that you know she likes to book girls that she feels aren't as up to her caliber up to her and i would always look at it like absolutely not i'm like i want i want the best i want you know this lineup of five girls are going to be the best that i know that can do this lineup i'm like I want to be surrounded by, because the whole, the show as a whole has to be great. It can't just be great in, you know, parts. It should be great from start to finish. So I'm like, yes, I want to be, I want to share that stage with the best, but also being surrounded by the best makes me want to do better. Mm-hmm. Could you I know? ask you a personal question yeah, about yeah, that? This is comes from the, um, the point of view of having you know, been on stage in the theater, but never getting tipped. So I'm wondering, does the, is there tip talk backstage? Do, do the Queens discuss what tips they get? Is some of the, you know, that attitude, a bit of competition because they want to make more, does that have anything to do with anything? Um, I, it definitely does. So, but again, the shows that I associate myself with are not those kind of shows with those kind of queens. The the queens that I associate that I'm more surrounded by are very, you know, when it comes to their their tips and that there's like there's a humbleness to it that I'm surrounded with. So I which I love. Um 
also, I mean, a lot of the numbers, a lot of the, the, the numbers that I do, and my friends always point this out, my, my family, when they come and see me point this out sometimes, a lot of the numbers that I do, I can't go around and grab tips the whole time because I'm either attached to a mermaid tail right. that's attached to my hands and my elbows. Right. There's no, you know, there's no real good ways. The other numbers that I do are choreographed and I'm not going to break that choreography to just go around and tip, which I get, you know, thing, you know, that's our money and that's our income and stuff. But for myself, I chose the route of um, having a larger book, a uh, higher booking fee mm -hmm. so that I'm not, um, dependent on my tips. Um, my booking fee is, you know, that, but I've never, I've, I've tried to steer away from, uh, breaking character just to, just to grab tips. Um, I think, um, of course there are those people that are holding it up and everything. I'll usually try to go to them at the end of my number. Once I've said, you know, like done my bow, thank you very much. I'll go and I'll grab you know, tips where I can, because I feel like they've been holding it my whole number right. waiting for me to come by and acknowledge them. Right. But I, I try my best not to, to break the character because of that. I, 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 I'm going to throw my own two cents into yeah. this because I have to say that sometimes I'm thwarted by the tipping yeah. uh, because it's too much, you know, yeah. it feels like it could be during some numbers, but like you do, you some of your numbers are about the performance yeah. and staying in the character, whomever it is you're doing. By the way, The Little Mermaid is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> incredible. And so I just have to throw that out there. But yeah. so, um, and that's what we come for is to yeah. sort of, but I, I, I do realize and I do appreciate that the tipping is, is cultural. It's part of the whole mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, right so i'm just wondering is there a way to meet some mid-ground so here's what here's what i did do for my nights that i host at lips is i tell the audience when i'm doing my monologue i tell them all right everybody so here's the thing we know everybody wants to tip and we love that about y'all thank you but i want to give you guys a good show so these queens aren't always going to be able to come to you and grab your tips. So we're going to, you know, we're going to do this exercise, everybody. All right, pull out your first dollar bill, okay? Wad it up for me. Here we go. And throw it as far as you can. Okay, if you hit a queen in the face, get a shot on me, okay? But, <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of worked out that way perfectly because the queens are able to make their money. But also the queens are able to perform their numbers through and through. Because I did get tired of those shows where, like, you know, I've gotten invited to to different nightclubs, like, you know, like in West Hollywood or in Long Beach and whatnot. And I've said no to them because I'll ask the show producer, I'm like, is it a cherry picking show? And when I say cherry picking show is, is it this? Right. You know. Right, because that's and all you're watching. Because that's all you're going to watch and that's all you're going to do. And I learned that I never really walk out of that show like happy with what I did on stage, but also the audience is just different for those shows. I feel like there's such a lull that happens with those audiences. So I, I try to not do those shows. Mm. And I'm thankful enough I got to a certain point you know, as a non 
televised entertainer that I can say no to shows that I don't want to do. I'm like, uh, we're okay. Thank that's you. freedom, baby. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the pinnacle that's right there. Freedom right. in the USA, <laughs> right? We, we worked for that, honey. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you work, you work hard for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I just throw in one of the things that I really absolutely admire about you is your ease and grace on stage and your ability to be off the cuff and you are so dang funny uh-huh. you, you make me laugh and you have an ability to just like, like a really stand up stand out stand up performer find that little something in the audience you did it to me uh-huh. and it, it just made my night right and just make you know in the it, yeah. with the most loving intention right. make fun of somebody you're so good at it Thank you. Okay. So when I first started hosting, like when I, when people started asking me to host shows and like specifically host drag shows. Okay. I tried so hard to be like the Queens that would host the shows that I was doing. And it one came out so authentically, uh, unauthentically Two, it came out like I stumbled all over my words left and right because I was trying to do these shticks that these queens were doing and then I was like what are we doing (laughs) like this isn't working this is not cute and this is not our thing and then I was like what what do we do after the show because usually after the show when I go out for pictures and all this stuff and I was like oh my gosh these people were laughing is that I I see something you know that somebody's wearing and I'm like oh girl okay you know like so I'll point it out and interact with that and they would you know haha and laugh and all that stuff and I was like okay actually that works how about we do that instead is that we we take it with whatever we get for the crowd tonight it's going to be a little scary because we're never going to know what we're going to say but let's just go with the crowd you know so yeah, I'm going to see this straight guy over there and I'm going to be like, okay, sir, I'm just going to let you know now, the more uncomfortable you look, the more we're going to mess with you. So loosen <laughs> it up a little bit. Okay. Like, I'm like, okay, straight people in the audience, like right. welcome. Aren't you so happy you're allowed out now? You know, you could get married. Yes. <laughs> you know? So I kind of made it more of like situational right. rather than like this scripted stand-up thing. And it's really, um, it's genius because it's what mm-hmm. people want today. I, yeah. I'm a strong advocate that nobody wants to be passive out there. They yeah. want to be seen. They want to feel involved. Yes. And yeah. you're bringing them right in. The show. Yes. Uh, you know, a big, a big saying that a lot of drag queens say is that your entertainers are on stage. Um, you're the audience. Your entertainers on stage. Let them entertain. I never say that during my show. I never, ever say that during the show. Be a part of the show like come in here every time during pride um for my main stage show my main stage show that's eight thousand people that that's sitting you know right there ready for you i'm like we are like this i love that you're watching i love that you're you're filming i love all this but what our goal is today is that you are going to be dancing with us you are going to be singing with us you are going to be performing with us join in this is your show as much as it's mine so let's have a good time and every single time during that show like a queen will walk off stage crying and she's like everybody was singing my song and I don't know how to handle it like I have goosebumps I can't and I'm like yeah girl that's great you know I want to say this for for the people out there listening that that aren't performers yeah 
the level of confidence it takes to do what you do <laughs> is incredible. It is not easy. And you do it with such ease. So I just want to point for somebody who has panic attacks and anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I try. Like, I mean, the goal is, you know, when it comes to my entertainment life, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have fun because this is, you know, this is something that we love to do. If we're not having fun, we, we got, you know, we got to start worrying. So exactly. I think that is the best thing anybody can do for themselves as an entertainer or as, or as an artist is give themselves permission to have fun and enjoy themselves yeah. because that will give you your confidence. That'll mm -hmm. give you your, um, your ease. That'll give you your, um, your inner clock. Um, it'll help your inner clock in your brain, you know, like for those quick changes, for those scripts, for those, you know, things that you need to do for those cues and for those things, it'll help that that much more that you gave yourself permission to have fun. Yeah. And not to be so afraid of making a mistake because it's yeah. going to happen and it's go with it and make that fun. Yeah. You cannot say that enough. You cannot say that. I walked enough. out with a dress unclassed because I barely made it through my quick change and I've gone up on that stage and been like oh lordy this is really not holding up and i'm like okay you know what pause real quick while i'm talking and doing my thing you sir come here come here sir okay you help me hook my bra come here you make it a you know make it a part of the show mm -hmm. so um i think we have to close out oh no. so that, that, oh my gosh it, it's been an hour that hour flew by but wait <laughs> But wait, Miss Paris, because we would just like to play a little game with you before you go. Yeah. Still something we call this or that. You've probably heard of it. Yeah. Uh, we'll just ask you if you like this or that. and You just tell us which one you prefer. Okay. But you get, uh, I have nine of them for you. You get to okay. say, at one time, you, you get to say once, I'd like both. And once you can say, oh, I wouldn't like either. Okay. Only once. You have nine. My goal questions. is to not use those. Okay, good. I love okay. Challenge. See? <laughs> okay, number one, couture or pajamas? Tour. Titles, diva or entrepreneur? Diva, because a diva can still be an entrepreneur. That's true. Well, yeah, entrepreneurs right. can be diva, but it's not the same not thing. The same. No. Not the same thing, though. <laughs> to your point, right? It's not the same <laughs> Right, right. Okay, um, fact or fiction? Fact. Little Mermaid or Moana? Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, I got oh, no. dirty! I knew I was gonna. No. You know what? Moana. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, Must yes. be the Little Mermaid. That was uh, really difficult, though. Yeah, I'm gonna give you another one Maleficent or Tinkerbell? Um, Tinkerbell. On stage or behind the desk? The quote unquote desk. Yeah. On stage. Uh, Marilyn Monroe or Lena Horne? Marilyn Monroe. I think I uh, have to agree with you there. Sequins or rhinestones? Sequins. Sequins because uh, you can have it as a whole and it all shines. Rhinestones, uh, you have to go one more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, crowns or scepters? Crown. And last, Manhattan or Martini? Martini. Yay. 
Yes. How do you like it? Straight up, dirty. Um, with dirty. Well, no, I like um very dirty, but with Jen. (laughs) As it was posted to me, do you want it dirty, slutty, or Marilyn Monroe? I want it Kim Kardashian. (laughs) (laughs) Who could blame you? I want it filthy. (laughs) Paris, that's a whole new level. Thank you so much for taking time to being with us, uh, be with you. us today. Thank you. You're a very, busy, very, very busy person uh, with a lot on your plate. So thank no, you. No, this is great. Time. I love it. Let's do it again. Yes, Absolutely. please. We'd love to. Yes. Thank you so much. Next for time we'll us. go into more. Next time we'll go into costuming. Oh, please. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there were a few questions that I had for you that we didn't quite get to. And I did <laughs> want to mention that your your look at the HRC gala recently at the grant. Oh, wow. You look <laughs> Thank stunning. You. Did you make that? I made it the night before. Oh, come on. I did because I had a gown that I had made. And when I went to go pick up my hair on Friday, that updo, I was like, it just doesn't go with the gown that we have. So I went into my archives of fabric and I did it the night before. I, I, my, I can't, my chin is on the floor because I can't <laughs> even believe it. See, yeah, yeah, I guess you, yeah. You do yeah. have the, to yell it. The yeah. quickness with which you work. I was in a costume production class. It took me an entire semester to grommet a vest <laughs> and you make couture in 12 hours. Yeah. It was if it's, okay, so here's the thing though that I have to point out. If it's for myself, I can make it very quickly because I know my cuts and I know my right, pattern, my right, body right. and all that stuff. If it's for somebody else, like for, for other things, I do have to take a lot longer on, on things. So, right. so don't give me too much credit for that. I've just been dressing myself for a very long time. <laughs> right. So it's a little- and, I, and we've been buying clothes for ourselves right. for a, a very long time. Right. So there's I love it. very impressive that you dress yourself. Yes. And you look impeccable, by the way, every yeah. time I see yep. you. I mean, just look at your Instagram, Paris. What? Uh, tell everyone your Instagram. Yeah, has. my Instagram is Paris Akumi Max. So it's it's my stage name, um, Paris Akumi Max. Pa- Paris S U K O M I M A X. Look Paris for her. Max. Yes, on on Instagram, and you'll see exactly what it is we're talking about. And thank you again for joining right, us. And you. we will have you back mm-hmm. to talk about all your beautiful looks. Yes, God bless. Love it. Cheers, you guys. I want to be her when I grow up. Do you really? I really do. She is pretty fabulous. She really is. She's just, she always, yeah. She, yeah. You know, fabulous is when you can walk into a room and uh, have everybody's eyes uh, turn to you and, Mm -hmm. and then just have such class and grace um, to an elegance person and elegance. And, you know, we didn't really get to say enough about her style on stage, but, I, you know how I feel about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the need to get really raunchy on stage. And I just don't think it's an indication of talent or that it's necessary and that it's, it's lowbrow, if you will, you go to it because you can't think of anything better. And so I really, really do appreciate, I know that you do too, her style because it's clever. Yes. Yes. She's very clever. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 
So, uh, so yes. Yeah, so that's Paris Sakumi Max. Look her up on Instagram if you are in the San Diego area, or in any of the, or te- uh, intend to travel to any of the Southern California prides. They're not all over yet. Then you'll see her headlining North County Pride for sure, and I think South Bay as well. So that's it for today. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to us, please give us five stars on Apple. If you're listening anywhere else. Please tell your friends you're listening. And if you'd like to talk with us, just go to belotted.com backslash podcast and you'll find us there. Just leave us your message and we'll be sure to get right back to you. That's it. We'll say goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Stay engaging.